The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The leaders of the three coalition parties met last night ahead of the cabinet meeting amid a war of words between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael over tax breaks and electioneering. Well, for the latest on uh, that meeting and what are the main items on today's cabinet agenda, I'm joined by Ireland editor with the Irish Independent, Fionn Sheen. Fionn, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, let's talk about that tax spat. Mary Lou MacDonald would have it that this is a distraction, uh, trying to deflect attention from the housing crisis. Um, But somehow listening to the likes of Barry Cowan and so on, I don't think so. No, I mean, it's it's a significant uh, ideological difference now that has opened up within the the coalition and and also a, a difference of opinion in terms of how to handle relations uh, within a, a government. Uh, Fine Gael have had the Minister of Finance portfolio for the last 12 years. There was never a case during that period uh, that three junior ministers came forward and started telling the, the, the Fine Gael Minister of Finance what to do. Uh, yet they've decided to do that in, in Michael McGrath's first budget. Uh, it's a Fianna Fáil minister for the first time since the economic crash who will be delivering the budget as Minister for Finance. So they were obviously looking to uh, establish, re-establish their, their credentials in terms of fiscal rectitude uh, on this occasion. That, that's kind of been uh, thrown up and into this inter-coalition row. You also had building on that. So you, you had three junior ministers last Monday in the Irish Independent, uh, setting out their stall for a thousand euro tax break for middle to high income earners. You then had the Taoiseach doubling down on that at the beginning, interviewed the Irish Times, but he also set out some other positions that you'd say were, were very Fine Gael oriented. He was talking about how the top priority for him uh, is the building of more houses for new houses for private sale. So he wasn't saying. That um, th- that social housing was not a priority for him, but what he wanted the most of was more houses for private sale. And you'd imagine that would create a, a bit of a difficulty uh, for the coalition as well, because it, it will allow uh, the opposition now to attack Darren O'Brien and basically say, is this why you're falling short uh, on your social housing targets? Uh, because you're not focused enough on it, uh, you're still into the the, the Fine Gael thinking uh, on on housing policy. Darrell Bryant himself yesterday saying you know social housing was also a, a top priority. So there there could be a, additional difficulties to come there, and, and it certainly does create this sense that Leo Radker is not going to be as generous as Michal Martin was. Uh, in terms of his his management uh, of the, the coalition, that he is not going to be that kind of fair arbiter that Michal Martin was seen to be between the, the three coalition partners, that he's very much going to have his own uh, eye on, on Fine Gael's electoral prospects at a time when the party is struggling in the opinion polls. And we know that we're going to have a local and European election in 13 months and quite possibly a, a general election within the next 18 months. Mm. Um, so did they sort anything out last evening? They, they. What we know is that they were they were going through the regular cabinet agenda. I think the the issue of the tax cuts is 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 parked by all sides now, and they've said there is a a process uh, around how the the budget is is formulated. There's a kind of a social partnership national dialogue to come in the coming 
uh, weeks. Then there'll be a, a economic statement at the start of, of July. And then you'll have bilateral meetings between ministers mm-hmm. and the Minister for Finance and Minister of Public Expenditure uh, between then and October when the budget will be delivered. But I think, you know, Leo Varadkar is not resiling or, or pulling back in any way from, from Fine Gael's uh, seeming red lines for this budget. Yeah, uh, I mean, he may be getting it in the neck where they have allowed, uh, as a government and the previous one, the uh, provision of apartments in the private sector for rent and not for sale. People, you know, their constituents, the, the, the people who might have voted for them saying, I'd love to buy an apartment, but all I can do is rent one. Yeah, and, and there is a, a difficulty in terms of Leo Varadkar setting out what what exactly is he is he saying that he wants done here everybody wants increases in the the level of supply uh, of of housing everybody wants the social uh, housing targets to be met uh, and then uh, additional housing across the board but i mean he's not coming out and saying that he wants to ban buy to lets that he wants to take more stringent action against uh, cuckoo funds that he wants to provide any further incentives for for private uh, buyers of new homes, so he, he's not—he's just setting a, a broad, uh, overarching ideological ambition, rather than setting out a, a, yeah. a specific policy. Here. We've turned the world on its head. The time was when people say, "Oh, I'm renting because I can't afford a mortgage." The reality is, if you could get the deposit, a mortgage is cheaper than renting in this particular uh, phase in our housing history. And, and that's, as I say, turned the world somewhat on its head. Now, he's also, I mean, he's yep. correct in terms of, as, as well, I mean, his, his point is owning a house is the best form of security. That That is true. Also, buying a new house means that it, it's matching up to new standards in terms of, of building regulations and energy efficiency. So you could you can go from a, a, a scenario where you're, you're, you're renting a home where you've, you've no real security, where you're paying very high rent, getting nothing in return, and the energy and, and your energy bills are high to a situation where you get into a new house. But I mean, the, the problem is, He's not exactly setting out what are they going to do to increase that supply. Now, um, housing, obviously, uh, it has an impact on uh, what's happening in the uh, refugee sector because, obviously, we read, I think, 80 or 90 Ukrainians are still arriving every day. Uh, The war is still going on. People are still being uh, oppressed in that regard. But we leave that one alone for a moment to something that might appear more trifling but could be quite serious too, vaping and vaping in the young. Yeah, so th- this is a, a curious one in that you're looking at it going, is, is, is that not banned already? Um, so legislation will be brought forward by Stephen Donnelly, the Minister of Health, to ban the sale of, of e-cigarettes uh, and, and vaping to those aged under 18. And they're saying that they're going to fast-track this, that it'll be in, in time for the, for, the summer, for the summer recess. The argument being that... Um, Effectively, you know, vaping is not is not good for your health. There's still studies been done on on its exact uh, effects. It's also seen as a kind of a, a, a gateway drug in inverted commas uh, towards smoking, and that kids who are are vaping are more likely to to take up cigarettes so smoking subsequently. There are some public health arguments that actually just leave the vaping alone because 
because it's it's not as bad as as the cigarettes and if that's all that they're going to be doing then you're you're better off at that than 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 cigarette smoking you know however i think the 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 more firm public health argument will will win out here so we have got structures in place in terms of uh, regulation and inspection uh of 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 premises at the moment uh that are licensed to, to sell tobacco so this will effectively be uh, an extension of that prohibition you're also you'd, you'd have to say you're going to have to look at is, is it really going to be all that difficult to get around much like if if a teenager wants to get uh, a packet of fags they can also get uh, a vaping uh, vial uh, through uh, somebody else buying it for them or to get it at home or, or whatever so look it, it'll it'll cut it down no doubt uh, but it, it it won't wipe it out by any means. Mm. Now, uh, there's one other item I just uh, saw mention of it, that we are going to abandon our Irish embassy um, close to Buckingham Palace in Grosvenor Square, one of the poshest areas, and we're going to have an Ireland house somewhere else. Do we know where the somewhere else is? And why are we abandoning that beautiful building? Is it because it's simply too small for us or is the rent too expensive? I suppose the, the the problem is that you you need to do an awful lot more uh, out of that out of that that site now, and this has been a model that has been put in place uh, in in other countries, particularly in in markets that we've been seeking to to grow, where you put you know the embassy, Borbia, Enterprise Ireland, and the IDA all under one roof. And therefore, they're all working together as opposed to being based in in mm. different locations. So, just logistically, uh, it 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 makes it 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 makes it easier. And certainly, when you see uh, Tisha and Tanish that going abroad uh, on trade missions or on foreign visits, you do see them going into one one building, uh, be it in in America or in in the Far East. And all of the different agencies are based there. So, I suppose it is that model. And you also have to accept. In terms of London, our requirements for what we need to get out of our state agencies in London have changed because of of Brexit. Uh, there's there's more demands being put on them, not just on the uh, on the passport service, but on on those additional trade agencies and so on. And the fact that they they they're now uh, working on on an individual level, and and you're you're not the fact that the, the UK has left the EU means that that has placed additional demands on those those services. So therefore, it probably does make more sense to have a, that extra level of coordination. Ultimately, your ambassador is still going to be the person in charge. The the Embassy of London, uh, the ambassador of the court of Saint James, does always tend to be a plumb position within. Uh, the diplomatic service. I mean, at the moment, Martin Fraser, he was the Secretary General to the Department of the Taoiseach for the previous decade. So you, you can't really get more high level than that. That will continue to be the case, but there's just going to be a bit big, a bigger workload. Yeah, well, no uh, design yet. I'm not sure about the location, but anyway, they're they're giving up this building, which I think was rented from uh, the Guinness uh, family. It was in their ownership. Anyway, I'll try to find out a little bit more about that building and uh, why we are giving it up. Uh, Fionn, thank you very much for joining us, Fionn Sheen, Ireland editor with the Irish Independent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.